Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Richard Porter. And I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and a little bit too much about shaking Stevens. I'm starting to feel Christmassy. Are you? And uh, which is kind of convenient, really. And um, heard that Shaking Stevens song the other day, and it, re- it reminded me of how funny the music video is. I forgot how jerky Shaking Stevens is. It's very jerky. Is he as jerky as Suggs? No. If it was like a bow, is it like is this like a Beaufort scale of jerky? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the Suggs scale, isn't it? It's the Suggs um, jerkiness. He's not as jerky as Suggs. Or maybe madness, Ian Curtis. Maybe it's the Curtis scale. Ian Curtis, yes. But but Ian Curtis is more jittery, I would say. Suggs is your angular movement king. <laughs> He's a sort book. of diagonal shoulders. Yeah, I I I am thinking Shaking Stevens. Actually Shaking Stevens might be a little bit more <laughs> like someone keeps licking a nine volt battery. <laughs> <laughs> while while you're trying to sing a jolly Christmas song. He is so good. He's proper like whatever he is, Swansea Spec Elvis. Yeah. And, um, oh yeah. It's a good song. But the girl who is I think they filmed it in Lapland or somewhere, the girl that's in the sleigh with him in the video, you have to watch the music video. Honestly, it looks like you know when you, if you've you've been you've been hit in the face by a, a powerful, fast travelling football on a really cold day, and it smacks, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it hurts for so long. Actually. You know when it throbs, yeah. it sort of throbs and glows. That's what yes. that's sort of what her face looks like. So I always get the impression there had been some sort of incident just before filming, and she'd had to but pretend. Jake and Stevens. Just saw a gola ball on the floor. Couldn't help himself. <laughs> Absolutely howled it accidentally <laughs> towards his co-star's face, and he didn't realise he was. He did a proper like curler, and it bent round. It bananas. Oh yeah, a high yeah. And it just it was carrying so much power, mm. like real. You know, he's he sweet right foot on him, old shaky. Oh, completely. He was, and and not only that. It had been left outside um, for several nights in Scandinavia, so it had a, a hard crust of, of, of ice all over it. It was carrying extra weight, and I think that's what it did. It got her straight in the face, and then she was like, bollocks, I've got to do this Shaken Stevens <laughs> fucking music video. <laughs> anyway, great song, I, uh, great song, great song. I, I just looked up Shaken Stevens, he's still alive. He did. A, he made an album about two years ago, and I heard two tracks from it, and they were good. Really, I I kid you not. I'm not just saying this. I was I was I was pleasantly surprised. I thought, wow, he's gone away and kind of put. Yeah, it was before the pandemic. He puts put right. pen to paper and actually done some good shizzle. Fair play. I want to know um, what he drives though. I've got no idea. I was just going to say the same thing, and because I've got in my head, I think that kind of spec of old school entertainer, yeah, who achieved fame in the '80s. Uh, I just see from his Wikipedia page that he lives in Marlow in Buckinghamshire, a solid place for famous in the eighties, made a few quid people to live. Oh, that is, yeah. There's really an awful is. lot of Rolls shadows about there, isn't there? Yeah, a lot of shads. Could he, he couldn't have afforded a shad, do you think? Um, whew, I don't know. I don't know. It's funny, isn't it? You just don't. I feel like because he had this sort of American persona, this pseudo-American persona. I wonder whether he went for I don't know some sort of eighties Cadillac that isn't brilliant, <laughs> you know. Oh and man, it, and is still rocking it. Well, <laughs> this is uncanny. There's a picture if you Google Shaking Stevens car. Oh gosh, there is a picture of him sitting on the bonnet of an eighties, but I would say early eighties Cadillac. Oh my gosh, so there we old go. school body and frame type. Yes. A Seville, but it looks to me like it might be what the Americans would have called a mid-sized at that point. So not your full Kahuna. So your your yeah. theory about it being not quite. But then, 
There's oh. another photo of Shaky leaning on a shad. You're joking. So hang on, he's got Now, both. there's no suggestion in this picture that it's actually his shad. I mean, he could have just seen it in the street, but... <laughs> Um, and then there's another What, that picture. pre-Instagram the, era of pretending something's yours when it probably isn't? Well, there's no such thing as a new idea, is there? I'm sure maybe Shaky was in the vanguard of pretending things aren't his or his. Um, there's another, there's a Getty Images have a stock photo of, of Shaky, and he is once again leaning on this Cadillac. Light blue. It's a colour picture, this. I need to, f- and, I, I uh, can probably tell you what model this is, but I, the, the listeners don't want to hear me tapping away on my old-fashioned sounding keyboard (laughs) i think this this is the 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 black and white picture of him sitting on the bonnet of this cadillac is the photo from the back sleeve of one of his albums of course that's how much and then there's another photo here of him standing in front of the cadillac and it has it's s red so it's late 70s and it's uh it's on uk plates so it's obviously in britain and I'm going to say that's Shaky's car. I'm going to say that's his car because he couldn't have gone down the 50s Cadillac route like Elvis because that would have been a little bit too ex- But yeah, that looks like a Seville. That is, yeah, a, I reckon that's I a Seville, so. which was a was a mid-sized Cadillac of that era. It wasn't a the full Fleetwood or um, something like that. Could be a Coupe de Ville. Well, it's four door, isn't it? So if it's four door, I, am, I haven't got the picture. If it's four door, it's yeah, Seville. I think I think you're right, but not the bustle back one. So it's pre that. It's just a it's normal saloon that. shape. But just imagine f- if you possibly can. If Shaken was like, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Shaken, Shaken was gonna, was gonna get, it's gonna get himself a Cadillac. He's, like, I've got, I'm living up to this. I've got to get a Cadillac. However, yeah, my money might run out. It's got to have some level of economy. I know, I'm gonna get the diesel one. Because oh. they did do that GMC engine diesel Cadillac, didn't they? Which almost destroyed Cadillac's career, I believe. Um, um, yes, it was famously Because terrible. it used the same block as the petrol, and I think that was precisely yeah. its problem. It was weak. Yeah, it, they um, used to pop gaskets and all sorts. It was the yeah. same, one of those, uh, in the same sort of era, they did that cylinder deactivation, they which did, is quite commonplace era. now. Yeah, it was this era. But... But wasn't it? It was just absolutely rubbish because they didn't really have the computing power no. or the, the know how to do it properly. No. And that also kind of torpedoed their <laughs> reputation a bit, didn't it? I had a friend who had a Coupe de Ville. It was this era, 81, 82, I think. And it had cylinder deactivation and it would frequently just decide to run on four cylinders, which used to piss him <laughs> off immensely. Because you can imagine that was not a lot of power when the whole engine wasn't a great deal of power. I was going to say, I mean, it was what was that thing era. doing at best anyway? It was probably like 153 horsepower <laughs> with all eight running. So I can just imagine shaking Stevens in an early 80s Cadillac, actually driving home for Christmas to the family somewhere in Wales. It'd be one of the sort of pit towns, I reckon. Yeah. And of course, it's a it's a bit bloody oh, cold and slippery. I just saw this actually. It says he's from Cardiff. Okay, so Cardiff's Elvis. Cardiff, Cardiff's, Cardiff's Elvis <laughs> is heading back for Christmas. <laughs> and he's in the Cate's Elvis, and he's in. Yeah, exactly. He's he's heading back, and he and the weather is awful. Really, really quite slithery and cold, and he's in this blimmin'. You know how power assisted the steering is on those. You could mm, you could use yeah. your tongue, uh, to keep it on the straight and narrow. And he hits an awful lot of black ice. And, of course, it's still Ooh. on the American white walls, so those yeah. tyres are good Rock for... Rock hard. No, they're good for 90,000. <laughs> good for 90,000, but not so good in sub-zero Welsh <laughs> conditions. I I just looked... Uh, he was actually born in Ely, uh, in Cardiff. So, um, but so, the, <laughs> so he's not We've just devoted so much time of the podcast to Shaking Stevens. I'll tell you what else about Shaking Stevens... Yes. Modern era Shaking Stevens. Yeah. Um, at a glance, he often seems to look a bit like Simon Mayo. Does he? Has he aged mm. better than Mayo, do we reckon? Or I mean, you, you've got to say that he's he's looking all right, I think. Yeah. Do you reckon he's survived? I've lost on, it now. But. We were saying this, I think, like the other week about women E17 with their Christmas song. Do you think Shaking Stevens' Christmas song keeps him afloat? Uh, I'd love to know. I've just... You know how Google, one of the things, if you type in a celebrity's name, almost inevitably it will auto-prompt you with net worth after it. Yes. So I've just done that with Shaken Stevens. I mean, it's all going to be rubbish, isn't it? Because they just never seem to well, they because... just make it all up, don't they? But <laughs> this this net worth, celebrity net worth website 
claims that he's worth $20 million. Tw- $20 million. Yeah. But so- then, you know, one of the things that may add weight to him doing all right is it does say his single Merry Christmas, everyone, has re-entered the charts in the UK every year since 2007. Every- I'm surprised it's not more than that, actually. But Gosh. That's a lot. That's impressive. He's... Yeah, oh, you see now here this and then Smooth Radio are claiming he's worth fifteen million quid. So, gosh, he's not buying a diesel. He's not buying Hang a on, diesel. What the, whoa! Here we go. There's an NME story here about how much musicians make from Christmas songs. Oh, brilliant! Okay, and because I was and that's funny. They start by referencing about a boy. You remember the book and the movie yeah. of the same name, um, and. Uh, the story of that was always the lead character is surviving on the royalties from a Christmas song that his dad wrote, I think. That's isn't it? right. And, and yeah. I always thought, really? Is that a plausible thing? But um, so they think that Slade make um, about. Bloody hell! They make £512,000 a year. <laughs> they make half a million sheets a year. <laughs> Get out. Yeah. From that. Oh. The shouting's. Bloody hell. Yeah, it's Christmas. <laughs> um, well, the Daily Mail in 2016, so that probably won't be true, but they claim that uh, it's actually closer to one million a year now from that song. A million quid a year. I, should we? Should we pen? Should we pen an attempt? Well, I've always thought that because I mean, there's a bit of a dearth of them, aren't there? It's like the, when was the last new, fresh Christmas song that actually caught on? I think it's probably Mariah Carey, wasn't it? Or maybe some. Has you Bublé done anything original? Bublé. Oh, has he done anything original? That's a good idea. Because he just his his Christmas stuff is often covers. Coldplay's so. um, Christmas song does does okay. Christmas lights. Or not? Yeah. Do you think it's been fully accepted so. yet? Because it takes a while for acceptance. Mm. Universal acceptance, you know, across the the ages, and yeah, the gates are open to this sort of like you are now allowed in the kind of being played forever. Yeah, well, that's it. You have um, to become this. truly sort of seeped into the the fabric of the nation. Yeah. And I wonder whether some of these songs are actually played outside of the UK as well. I mean, Mariah Carey must be. Of course. I wonder if Slade gets any airtime elsewhere. Um, Stop the Cavalry by Jonah Louie. Yes. How much? Is, it's an odd Christmas song, isn't it? Well, this, I mean, these, these figures are slightly out of it's date. It's my daughter's favourite. Is it? It's my daughter's favourite Christmas song. She's 12. She's well, every time she's streaming that song she's mm-hmm. contributing probably like 0.01 pence towards Jonah Louis' annual income of 120,000 pounds a year from that song alone okay so 120 grand okay if he was to live fairly frugally i can't imagine he made a, a shed load of music during his active music career if well he's-, he's quoted as saying that that song contributes 50% of his income which is <laughs> like all right jonah don't you think that you're getting 120 grand from other songs as well? Well, what? Hang I don't on, think musicians what? earn that much. Well, these unless days, he's a removal man or something, and he's doing all right. Oh yeah, yeah actually, yeah. I'm actually a recruitment consultant, but I did that that cavalry song in my spare time. I want Shaken Stevens to re-record, re-record his "Merry Christmas, Everyone." Go back out to Lapland to, to to make a new music video, but he has to go out in a 1981 Cadillac on very summer tires, <laughs> and, and they're they're all they, there's. I think there's ceiling issues with the tires and the we and the, and, and the wheels. So oh, every like my night, old Jeep Cherokee. Yes, right. Every, park it in the wrong way, and a little crack in the alloy lets some of the air out. Yeah. So every yeah. night, shaken. Loses at least eight, nine psi in one of the tyres, but he just can't be asked to keep pumping yeah. it up. It just it's just too much. So he regularly drives around with one of the front tyres properly like leaning over on the bead, at yeah. like sort of like nine, ten, eleven psi. And it's, from behind the wheel, you can't really feel it because no. of the heavily over-assisted steering and incredibly slack damping. It just has <laughs> yeah, no, no real discernible effect on the handling either way. Um, bad news oh. for Shaken Stevens. Don't. This NME article reckons that that song pulls in about £130,000 worth of royalties every year. But he didn't write the song. Didn't he? A man called Bob Heatley wrote the song. Oh. So he gets the cash. Shaky gets, so this article claims, between five and ten grand. Not to be sniffed at, because it's free money at this point, isn't it? He of doesn't course. have to do anything for it. Of course. But we are back down to, 
I think I'll just let the Cadillac keep running on seven cylinders rather than spend the money having it looked at. So yeah, so territory. is he still got the, maybe a diesel Seville, and he's still just kind of tickling it along as best as possible. Maybe running it on a bit of veg oil. Maybe Cardiff takeaway drains drains off the yeah the, the, the yeah chip yeah oil and just gives just, it to shaken. Yeah, pop down City Road, get a few takeaways to ship in, and off he goes. That's brilliant. <laughs> with a, a huge, and it also makes him feel nostalgic for when he was on top of the pops, and they used to go a bit giddy with the dry ice back in the day because yeah. there's this enormous cloud follows him around wherever he goes, <laughs> of dense, dense white. Smoke. Oh, a cold start on and a high idle on one of those, leaving it outside oh to defrost God. for a bit. Oh, yeah. It just sound like a fleet of dumper trucks. Ding, 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 That'd ding, be ding, awful. Ding. It would it just ruin it would ruin any of the effect you were trying to achieve with the Cadillac, I would say. Um, just uh, as Britain's leading podcast about Christmas songs and how much royalty money they put in, <laughs> I'll just leave you with this one. It's estimated, and this article is a, you know is a year old. It's estimated that Mariah Carey's um, "All I Want for Christmas Is You" has earned in royalties. I presume this is in its lifetime. Sixty million dollars. Six zero. Six zero 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 zero. We zero, need zero. to, Rich. We need to pen something, just just to see, just to see if there's a chance it could get through. Because even if it earns five grand a year, you it's know. free money. Yeah. Well, that means every year possibly I could buy Hillman Avenger. You know that Christmas song? What did the guy who wrote it do? Well, he just blew it all on Hillman Avengers in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, what did he say? Story actually, he just couldn't stop buying them. Uh, you know, I like changing words in songs. The, the yeah. heart Saab game that we talked about a while back and all that. But I've just quite childishly at the moment, I'm just sort of, I'm just going around the house, um, changing Christmas to piss flaps. Oh, interesting. So not one that it's the not kids sophisticated. can get involved with then. No, it's not one to show the children. Also, it doesn't make any sense. All <laughs> I want for piss flaps is you. doesn't make any sense. All I want Last for piss, piss flaps, flaps, I gave you my heart. All I want for piss flaps is you. It's replacing a, a genital area with your face. <laughs> <laughs> face basically. I hadn't thought about that. All I, just, I want it's more, for piss flaps. It's, it's because there are two things that make me laugh in this one is the start of the Slade song with Noddy Holder just going it's piss flaps <laughs> and Boo Blaze um, what's that one he does I don't, I don't, I don't know he's so smooth I'm watching it for better please come home for Christmas isn't it I think but the backing singers just go Christmas oh the snow Christmas and so I just like singing along going piss flaps (laughs) piss flaps (laughs) and that keeps me amused actually that's got me giggly I'm going to try that one tonight well yeah I I mean you know when I crack open my can of port yeah (laughs) (laughs) you're going straight for the fizzy port I've got you know I've got to say I got handed as a gift at the um, the late break show Somerset tour event that's just gone by a lovely guy that I didn't rem- I don't remember the name of which I'm really sorry about and he handed me a ten year old aged port a quality looking bottle of of of, wow. of, of, of festive booze and I'm going to cherish it I'm not going to drink it all in one sitting that would be absurd and I'd end up with gout and probably <laughs> three ulcers yeah, why, <laughs> why not wash wash down an entire quarter of Stilton with that lovely port and see how oh. quickly the gout comes on oh, gosh it'd be hard wouldn't it I'll tell you what though did I, this um, chap explain why he was giving you port specifically yes because he said I want you to drink it and do a, and do a live Christmas Q&A on YouTube like you did last year because it was so brilliant it went wrong uh, and you were you got you. I was speed drinking out of kind of Stress and worry, <laughs> which is not something I would recommend to the public. But uh, you know, you know what it's like. You're, you're sort of going twice or maybe three times quicker out of nervousness because we had mm. some technical issues. Mm. Yeah, and I'm going to say I probably kind of yeah got a bit slurry, <laughs> slurry at a few points, and I was worried I'd, I'd ruined it all. And the feedback was oh, that, that was quite funny, Johnny. You should do that again. So I'm considering doing it again. I'm not saying I'm going to definitely. I'm considering yeah. it, um, yeah. but maybe we should do it, Rich. Maybe you you could come on board. A um, couple of tumblers of port, port. Actually, or just a, a, I I would quite like to give, try and replicate your patented pint of Bailey's trick. Oh, that one. Well, 
We've got some Baileys as well. My wife Have bought you? some the other day. You know it's Christmas when there's Baileys in the house. Yeah. We'll fold out a couple of those um, latex trays of, of ice into one, into a into a pint glass. And oh, man. To tip it all over. Right. My wife bought those some of those latex ice trays, but they're with very small cubes. Yeah, they're a false and she economy. she also brought some very big ones, which I like, because if you're doing something like a Negroni, and you know I like a Negroni, you do that, like they're a good Negroni. with that one big cube of ice, nice. You only need one but cube. But if you're making something else, like a Bailey's or a gin and tonic or something, tiny cubes, can't be doing with it. And I actually snuck the old ice cube trays, which are normal size, back into the freezer. And then my wife went, we don't need these anymore. We've got these new ones. I was like, mm. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. So, yeah, ice wars in our... I'm good at sneaking things back in. I've done it a lot, actually. Um, (laughs) In fact, I've just done it because I've been filling a skip today, which is something I'm I'm, I'm, I'm adamantly against, but we're decluttering. Which bit are you adamantly against? I just don't like filling skips with things. I feel like it should either just be recycled, rehomed, or just gradually siphoned off into the... the, But then, I know it's a bit... It's a bit different where you are because you've got a drive and and your your road is quite quiet. Yeah. But often skips are in fact a recycling centre, aren't they? Because if you leave a skip, like if you left a skip outside my place here in London, oh, I'd be full within minutes. Well, yeah, but also then people pillage, don't they? They just come and take stuff that looks interesting or useful. So, yeah, that's true. I mean, my uh, my old flat, uh, there was a skip. One of the neighbours had a skip outside, and I once. <laughs> saw I was in the front room and this guy drove past and suddenly absolutely anchored it in an old Vectra. I was just about and then to ask reversed you about it in a very you know <laughs> right back and then just leapt out and grabbed something from a skip. I couldn't even see what it was and then jumped back in the Vectra. And it's like what a what a hawkeye he was to have what? spotted whatever it, it he'd seen. Drive by skip licking. Yeah, it That's was like amazing. real kind of smash and grab, but it was the the aggressiveness of the braking and reversing that really drew attention to it. I would I was hoping he might have done a sort of like um skip grab ghost riding. So he's the car he leaves the car kind of coasting in second. <laughs> <laughs> Jump, jumps out he knows he's only got to lift this sort of office chair off the top of the pile and jumps back into the car with it while it's just sort of like ticking over in seconds still in gear going down the road I mean it, it would it definitely end in tears if you, you had cars down either, either side of the road yeah but yeah the Vectra Ghost Rider would just be brilliant wouldn't it <laughs> the skip I, I, used to, I used to skip like, when, I, when I lived in London because there's some incredible skip stuff. pick yeah Hmm. It's, it, there's some there's some great gear that people throw out, but trust me, the stuff I'm I'm throwing out, I'm making sure is not great. Although I did find some stuff that had been put out that it was like, no, that's not going out. That's coming back in. Are we talking about bits for cars here? There are some car bits, but it's mostly mostly kind of household related uh-huh. shelving units that nobody really seems to want anymore, and kid stuff. Well, there's a sort of there's a kind of a type of item isn't it that I think we all have in our houses which is you have no use for it anymore it's not quite nice enough or pristine enough to give to charity no but it still has some service life left in it yeah what do you do with it the other thing you can do if you live in a city is um just leave it outside your front door you know on the path outside with a big sign saying free take me or well, you don't even need to do that. Certainly not in London. I think you just leave it. We used to do it more because our old flat was on a you know sort of quite a busy pedestrian thoroughfare where we live now. There's not really any through traffic, and um, we used to just call it the system. And for things like that, you just go, "What are we going to do with this? Oh, I'll just put it put it out. See if the system will sort it." And you know, and then and then I would come back in and inevitably sort of sometimes a matter of minutes or hours, come back in and go. You know, it's old shelves. They've gone. And we'd go, the system works. But I don't think... It, it wouldn't work here because there's not enough... We just don't get enough people walking past except the neighbours. And the, what they do do is people in this neighbourhood, we've got a little WhatsApp group for the people on our street and the next street. I've heard. People will suddenly go, does anyone want this chair? And But sometimes the stuff they're putting on, they just go, honestly, just take it to the tip. It's yeah, visibly so, ruined. It's so bad. You've really got to... And that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm, I'm there with that. After putting the roof back on the conservatory last week, 
Oh yeah, how did that go? It was all right. I mean, it started raining while I was putting it all back together, but I've sort of bodged it back together again, so that's cool. (laughs) I tell you know, I I, I, coming back from Somerset, I I stayed overnight with my mum and dad for old times' sake, while um, while Chops drove a seven and a half ton Mercedes lorry back on her own. I saw absolute trooper of a woman. Um, Yeah, unfazed. And Why did you have a seven and a half ton lorry for that live show weekend? Couldn't fit it all in a, in a normal van. And oh, l- what were you taking? Mercedes you take the chairs. Mercedes, yeah, took everything. Yeah, chairs, <laughs> merch, uh, uh, and and all of the affiliated banners, flags. Um, oh, of course, everything. Yes, yes y- yeah. you name it, it was in there. But it wasn't full. Mm. It was just it was too much for a normal size van. And Mercedes trucks, mm. um, bless them, they. Who have supported the previous late break show live events? They were like, "Do you want to borrow a seven and a half tonner?" I'm like, "Yeah, go on then, go on then." And the bloke that was going to drive it down while Chops drove the Jimny, he realised he was too young to drive it on his license. Oh, because yeah. we've got the last last of the old school pre yeah, yeah. pre Jan ninety seven, I think. Yeah, which means you can just get in a, a seven and a half tonner. Bearing in mind, this thing's like twelve feet tall. You can just get in it and go, yeah, okay, let's go. And that's precisely what Chops did. In fact, Chops has only ever driven it in the dark. She drove it in pitch dark down there and drove it in pitch dark back. So she's never driven it in the day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's the first time I drove a seven and a half tonner was when we were making... Um, sweet sweet gear. love in a verge. No, we were making that top gear ground force charity special and we we had a seven and a half tonner I remember that to look like the ground force lorry and um and suddenly it was like well, we've got this lorry it's outside we'd rented it, i think uh, and it'd been dropped off and we'd had it all stickered up <laughs> and then went right who's going to drive it down and all the researchers went oh we are too young to have the right kind of license to drive a we're all tennis, 14 so. yeah i had to step up was it it's Manuel? Good. They're amusing, aren't they? Autumn? Yeah, yeah, Manuel. No, it's, just, it's quite old, quite oh, old, man. shabby. Once you get your eye in with them, they're fine. I've driven them since as well. It's yeah. quite like a seven and a half tonner. They're kind of like the, you know, it's like a mini Mars bar, isn't it? They're like sort of. What you get, you get lorry. the flavour, but it's it's not yeah. as much of a commitment as a king size. You're not doing full forty-four tonner on. Um, yeah, yeah. Whilst whilst you know, yeah. off your head on pet pills and pornography <laughs> and whatever else. Well, I drove back Lorry in the Dodge. Lorry drivers Do- don't do anymore. I drove back uh, there and back in a much smaller truck called a Dodge Charger. And um, on the way down, again, drove it at night. Um, I, th- I, I, was, I, was, I was starting to... I pulled into some services for a sort of a wee stop because we drove in convoy. And I could hear clunky noises coming from the back end, like the diff or the prop shaft. I was thinking, oh, no, what's this? Mm. So I kind of drove very gingerly the rest of the way and thought I'll deal with that on Sunday when the show's all over and um, ended up crawling under it I mean it was weird I went back and stayed at mum and dad's like old times with my son (laughs) and in the morning after breakfast me him my dad all went outside and put the car on wooden blocks and crawled on it underneath it. And it was basically like living at home again, like I used to, where my brother, <laughs> me and my dad would crawl underneath the car to find out what was broken on it. And um, and then we took it to the local garage. We thought we knew what was wrong with it. Yeah, it was missing a circlip. A circlip had come off on the prop shaft. And so there was a bit of slack. So it was uh. sort of going out of vibration. It was out of balance and it was vibing through the whole car, drumming. Yeah. So we sorted that. And then on the way home, uh, it turns out the alternator stopped working, but I was oblivious to it because I don't think the no charge light is working on the dash. So I didn't notice the voltage drop. And oh, was no. the, we were lucky. I just thought we'd pull into Corley Services because I got to the point where I needed a week. And I thought, I'm just going to, I'll just pull in. And honestly, as I pulled off onto the slip road to go into the services, the whole car died. Lights, power, everything. And I knocked it into neutral, and I coasted right up to drive through Starbucks. Went for a wee, and then got me torch out to work out what was going on. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Um, and I gotta say, at that point, I wasn't worried. I don't panic when I break down. I thought, I'll just see what's wrong. Let's see. This AA van came storming over with its lights flashing, you know, its beacons. Yeah. And, the, and I'm not a member of the AA. And this guy got out and he said, look, I'm in between jobs and un- until my computer bings to tell me where I've got to go next, I can give you a bit of my time. Do you want me to help? And he got his multimeters out and everything. And within about three or four minutes, he was like, your alternator's not putting out any charge. Your battery's showing eight volts. There's your problem. You've probably yeah. been driving for the last hour and a half on just battery power with lights on, with wipers on, because it was a bit oh. weather was cack. Yeah. So he charged, he gave me 20 minutes of charge off his van with a special kind yeah. of set of leads. And this is this is lovely and old school. He said, he said, I said, I think I've got breakdown cover, but it's not with the AA, unfortunately. He said, well, look, I've just given you 20 minutes of charge. It's showing 12 volts. Here's what you do. You, you've got 60 miles to get home, because I told him where I, the town I lived. He said, drive home mm. with no headlights behind a lorry. You'll probably get home. <laughs> And, I, and, I, and that's why we're Britain's fourth emergency service. No, no, look. Because of our old school advice. I'm not throwing the AA under a bus at all because it was no, a fantastic no, no. idea. I mean, and I did do it. So that's the thing. You're, I went you're, full you're old school. You make your own choices. I went full old school and I had my son in the car. And I was like, right, we've got running lights, which on an American car are orange on the front, as you probably know. Mm. So it just has two glowing orange domes on the front and I thought I'm going to, I drove one handed with one hand on the rocker switch for the headlights all the way back, slipstreaming a lorry and every time I felt like I needed to be really visible I just put my lights on for a bit and then clicked them straight back off <laughs> and we, we managed to get home and I shut and I put the car on charge, it was amazing put the car on charge this morning and it was um, it was 8% charged according to my intelligent recharging device so we just limped home and i was so pleased i've never concentrated that much in a long time my eyes are like my eyes are incredible in the dark now (laughs) amazing (laughs) honestly like owl vision that is how johnny smith became owl man (laughs) i look Um, like a really shit bootlegger you know driving that charger without sufficient headlights don't get me wrong, if I saw a car coming the other way or we were in a situation where it was pitch dark because there were no overhead lights, I did use the lights, but I just kept saving them every time we got to a junction where it was fully lit. But yeah, well, I, I mean, got home. were you going cross-country at this point? Were you sort of in, out in the sticks? Yeah, we we, we, we we broke down at Corley Services, and which is on the M6, and we had to get onto the A14, A14 to the A43, and on the A43 there's no overhead lights, it's just pitch dark. Uh-huh. So that's when it gets tricky. That's when Johnny had to properly drive. A charger yeah. moving through the night with no headlights on sinister. is quite a sinister thing. It's a it? very it's more sinister than an Audi A7 with three guys in the back. I would yeah. say. <laughs> or I've mentioned before that uh, BMW E30. I used to see. Uh, a lot of mornings when I was commuting to Watford many years ago which always had four adult men in it and I just thought that's why is that so threatening I don't know it's because it's 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 just just filled with purpose isn't it there's something going down yes what are you all up to they're probably just car sharing something perfectly innocent but there's just I mean I don't think they were doing a bank job because I used to see them quite regularly unless they were repeatedly turning over the banks of the Hertfordshire area but um, yeah just very 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 intimidating. But yeah, just can you imagine standing in a country oh. lane and you hear on the breeze a low a low burble 
and then around the corner just oh, come two orange yeah. lights and you realize you're like what is that is that a yeah. lorry they're very far apart those lights what is it and then the charger dun, dun, oh, it was it was exactly like that but obviously i was i was really concentrating because i wasn't on my own and and i just didn't want to do the whole like mm. I, I said to him i said listen we were lucky to break down off the motorway and and coast into the services i said listen if we yeah. break down i'll just make sure we we coast somewhere because that car will coast for a very long time so if you knock it into neutral it's it's on american <laughs> tires which as you know are good for <laughs> many miles rock hard so, rock hard yeah exactly so um yeah but we it was great we got we got we got home I was really pleased, but I need to give it a bit of winter worship. That car, yeah, I've so used that, it a lot this year. It's going to need a new alternator then, or at least to have yeah. it fixed. Yeah, and this is the third alternator I've had in that car since I've owned the car. And bearing in mind, I haven't done that many miles in it because it's not a car you annually rinse for mileage. It's ridiculous, and they're always American alternators, proud American alternators with very small letters made in Mexico, <laughs> and. <laughs> And my brother's just like, listen, Johnny, they, they're dog shit. Just get get it sent to an old. There's an old bloke he uses to um, to do th- to do things like that, to rewind an alternator. So he said, just get it remade in England uh, to a to a to a good spec, um, and then just put it on there. Which is what I'm going to do because I'm bored of buying another alternator, which is just crap quality. Yeah, but it's frustrating. I mean, it's, but what was really good is obviously when the AA man went. Listen, and you're driving an old car, but what I tell people with new cars is just drive back using as few things as you can. He said, don't have the radio on. I said, doesn't matter, it doesn't have a radio, that's <laughs> cool. Or just have one that works. Uh, I said, don't have any anything on. Heater, fan, no, it's all right. The, the car gives up so much heat anyway, I don't need to use the fan. Um, so, yeah, we drove back with with nothing apart from you know, like the tail lights and those little running lights, and that was it. But I do need to give it some winter worship now. It's done a lot this year. A lot of shows. Yeah, yeah. A lot of miles. She's a good car. She had my back. <laughs> she knew that she was ill, but she knew she, we could handle it. We got back. So uh, big shout out to XS Power Batteries. That battery was uh, is a good battery. It held out. Yeah. Fair play. Yeah. Hey, talking of very large cars with V8 engines. Smooth yeah. link, Rich. Well done. Um I haven't told you about that. Shaken Stevens has yeah. bought another car. Yeah, this just in, Shaky's been spotted in a car dealership on a used car <laughs> lot in Cardiff, uh, padding, around a Masaya, um, padding around a Cadillac BLS. Very on-brand for modern Shaky. Oh, so. wonderful, wonderful. Uh, yeah. No V8, obviously, but, you know, it is the 2.8 V6 turbo, so it's got a bit of poke. Uh, no, I, I haven't told you about the Bentley Mulzan that I borrowed. Um because oh, you know, I was um, son. I was talking to the Bentley um, PR guy at the Late Break Show live in Manchester a few weeks ago, and we started talking about their heritage fleet, which he's in the process of sort of re- reinvigorating and trying to make sure that everything on it is tippity top and runs and can be used when required. And he casually mentioned that the last Mulsanne press car they had on the fleet before that car stopped production, rather than sell it, they hung onto it and just put it onto the heritage fleet. Did they? And I said, it's funny, I've never, I love Mulsanne's, I love the idea of them. And you know, the other, it was a few months ago, I was sort of getting a bit gooey about seeing ones for 40 grand and thinking I should buy one. Tell me about it. I said, I've never actually driven one. And he went, oh, well, you can borrow the heritage car if you want. That's, you know, it's it's there for, for using. And um, so I asked to borrow it when I was going to that um, event that I did with Alex Goy at Cafe and Machine a couple of weeks ago. Oh, you went there in that? You well, I had it for the weekend, and... and then I took it to that on the Monday and had it had it for the couple of days into that week. And um, it is a magnificent car. Bloody hell. Yeah. What a thing. It's amazing how much you can sort of zoom about in it. I mean, it's big. It's comically big. I I thought... <laughs> It is very big, yeah. It was delivered to my house, and I could see it, but it was parked in such a way that I couldn't sort of see the full length of it. And then I went out in the dark to go and collect my kids from something, drove there, and parked up and thought, ooh, we're already very close to the wall behind me, and I feel like we're not in the space properly. But okay, never mind. Got the kids, opened the back doors to put the kids in, 
And I suddenly went, oh, right, it's the long wheelbase one. They've sent, I didn't realise it was a long wheelbase. Then I checked, it's not. It's got a massive <laughs> amount of room in the back, but it is just a long... It's two feet longer than my Range Rover. Two feet? And, you know, is it really? Wow. Yeah, I think it's something like that. I looked this up because I was, I was quite staggered at how, how long it was. But you can sling it around. It's it's quite remarkable how it's a, from memory it's a driver's car. Yeah, it's it's the same as the Rolls Ghost. It's it's a surprisingly engaging car for the gentleman driver. Yes, or gentle lady driver. But there is a um, downside to this, and it is uh, that they have given it quite weighty steering. I mean, steering is actually really uh, good, and I think it's 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 sort of you know it gives you a good sense of what's going on for a big car like that and it's quite impressive in itself and helps the fact that the, the, the sort of the accuracy of the steering and the feedback it gives you is enough that you sort of feel confident as you zoom about but when I went to try and palm it a bit too much weight not a good oh, palming too, car too heavy to palm too heavy to palm you can but it's just you need so much sort of palm purchase to be confident of doing a successful you certainly can't twirl it in and out of a parking space in the way that I could in, say, my Range Rover or, um, you know, an old Jag or something. It's, uh, yeah, it's not... That's the one one mark against it. It's a poor Palmer. But in all of the respects, Rob, it's Rob, absolutely Robert fabulous. Robert would be disgusted, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really let Palmer's down by that. Mercy, mercy me. I've yeah. not put a lot of effort into this. <laughs> but everything else about it is tremendous, including that engine is... So talky. He's got yes. something like eight hundred and eleven pound feet of torque. It's insane. Yeah, it's 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 brilliant. Uh, it's really. I remember being really impressed with it. It's just so. And actually, what I also realised is you don't need to rev it. It does. It, it gets a little sort of gravelly if you rev it, but you don't need to. Why would you rev it? It's got all the torque you ever need. So, as a consequence, it's actually unless you're really stropping on. You don't need to use the paddles. You just sort of leave it in auto, and it's perfectly good because you're just never going to bog down out of a corner. No, it's got to be the ultimate caravan car. <laughs> not that anyone, not that anyone. Will. I'm sure that was one of the main design parameters when oh. they were coming up with it. Do you know, I was thinking because the, the front of the mole sign is a little bit awkward, isn't it? Still, which is a shame because the sides and the back I do like. Yeah, um, and I was thinking the other day. That shape with the with the with the sort of uh, slightly awkward headlights. Imagine if they were under shutters, a bit like a Lincoln from oh. the seventies, oh. or even a Charger of some sort. Yeah. Imagine if they or a Cord. Let's go back to sort of pre-war. Cord. A Cord. Yeah. Yeah. So it could have that grill, the majestic grill, and quite pronounced um, front wings. They got a really good shape front wing. Yeah. But you could have the headlights hidden until you use them. Interesting. That could be good, couldn't it? I don't know what you mean about the front of that car. I, I mean, it, it, I, it's grown on me since it was first announced. I remember when it came out, I kind of went, oh, mm. are we sure about this? And then I saw one, and I kind of went, uh, okay, yeah, maybe. And it's sort of grown on me, but it does have that, it's, it looks slightly crestfallen. I mean, not as yes. crestfallen as the current Golf. Which is the most crestfallen car in history? Oh no, but that has the optional illuminating eyebrow, which I've seen a lot of lately. Yes, of them coming towards you, and it, do you know what? They look so much better in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> do you know they've just put that that um, monobrow on the polo as well? Because I've just had a polo press car. The facelifted polo is out, and I've just borrowed one and of those to review the... it. And it's got. I discovered this when I um, pulled up to park somewhere, and there was a window, the shop window, and I was like, yeah. "Oh God." It's got it's a got monobrow. That. So is it, hang on, is this Noel Gallagher's high visibility brows? <laughs> what? <laughs> He's at it again, isn't he? He's at it again. <laughs> Even at night, you can Noel see Noel Gallagher's clearly. highly distinctive design feature. Except it's not, yeah. actually, is it? Because it's on the electric Mercedes as well, the EQ range. They all have monobrows, yes. don't they, at night? And um, something else does as well, I saw recently this is a this is a trend isn't it it's going to become out of control i quite like that mark 8 golf brow only because it's one of the few th design features on the outside which you go yeah that's all right that's do you know what it reminded me of it reminded me of bmw's angel eyes and in a world now where there's a lot of very sick looking bmw's 
the angel eyes were such a master stroke. Yeah. Weren't they so good? You didn't need to illuminate the grill. It just had... And they were very, very... Um, quite scary, I thought. When they came up behind you on the motorway, the yes. angel eyes, you'd go, oh, get out of the way. Get yeah. out. Move. And I like that. But I think... BMW need to bring that kind of stuff back that sort of subtlety that yeah. that spoke volumes well that's the thing they're willfully spunking away all of these quite distinctive features that they came up with and therefore are theirs to use at will and other car companies yeah. would pour vinegar into their own eyes to have something like the Hofmeister kink or the angel eyes or the kidney grill it's just so simple but effective yeah. as making people go oh right that's a BMW I knew that from 20 paces and they're yeah. just sort of misusing them or throwing them away in a really odd way. I don't get it. I mean, the kidney thing, I know they've sort of gone the other way. You could shrink the kidneys really right down, like a BMW M1, mm. because they would have an intake lower down that was a little bit more subtle and possibly active. Yeah. You could go the other way, and I think it would have worked better completely the other way, shrinking them right down. And maybe you could backlight them if you were desperate. Mm. Or Ooh. just go with the angel eyes. Hey. I mean, what? oh, actually, no, would that count though? Because you're not allowed to have a light up badge on the front of a car, certainly in Europe. Is it a badge though, or is it just well, two holes? It's not, it's, it's a just design feature, isn't it? It's holes. a grill. Yeah, it's a grill. That's, That's like me having a small backlight in my tonsils, and I walk around <laughs> everywhere with my mouth slightly <laughs> open at night. <laughs> it's like someone's That's... accidentally switched on the torch on it's, their phone. It's a, yeah, it's a backlit mouth. That's what it is. It's a backlit mouth. But then, what if you slept with your mouth open and your wife would be like, oh, God, this is worse oh, than the snoring. Awful. He's lighting up the room because he's sleeping with his mouth open. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay because um, everyone in Munich will go, yeah, I like that. It's, it's, it's authentic. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like that, that, that could work really well. But that's really the thing. Nice. I, I sort of feel like these massive oversized kidneys, which I keep saying, and I'll stick to this, that they are not, in most cases, the worst parts of the cars they're attached to. I just think that, sort of, that really flabby 4 Series at the moment is just such a sort of tragic bit of design work that the, the, the beaver face thing is the least of its worries. <laughs> but, but really oversizing a design feature, I always think it's like a, it's a, it marks a lack of confidence. It's just, it does. Do you remember when Citroëns... Citroen suddenly realised that been, their cars had become incredibly bland. So when they were facelifted, you know, sort of the Zantias and things, they, they gave them really massive chevron badges on the front. And it was just like, it's too late, lads. Too late. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't overcompensate with a really big badge. And I, don't, I think the same is true of too BMW. Too Sort of desperation, isn't it? Well, it's the same with that. For acceptance. That bloody awful, what is it, the X2? Is the X2 the one that's got the really flat roof like a Rover 800 just looks... Toss and it's got BMW badges on the um, D pillars. On the D pillars in a recess, yeah, which actually would have been quite an expensive pressing, probably. You'd think so, and it's an extra cost because it's extra badges, isn't it? You know, it's like if if those badges cost like I don't know fifty p each, and you extrapolate that across hundred thousand cars or whatever it would every every year they're making, <laughs> it is actually an added expense they don't necessarily need. But I think it's because they kind of went, oh shit, this car's actually quite bland and indistinct and doesn't look like a BMW. Slap some old badges on, gang. That'll do it. And it's um, it's it's just. It's rather disappointing. <laughs> anyway, uh, we could rag on BMW's current design disaster wankery all day, but um, but let's not um, design wankery. What else was I going to talk to you about? Oh yeah, no, if you you know when you sort of realise how much of a dad you've become. And I was talking yeah, to a mate last night, and I was raving about my I got a new bird feeder that the squirrels can't get at. And I'm so Bloody delighted with it. Yeah, and this mate of mine, he's Bloody. one of the he's one of the dads. My, from my, one of my daughter's friend's dad's and uh, and he went and he's younger than me and he just went is this an age thing and I went no uh, oh yeah it probably is actually it's it's extremely middle aged but what I've realised I've never even spotted it first of all I, I, I often dad reverse but also I've started doing this thing when the kids are in the car when we pull up anywhere particularly at home I'll switch off the ignition and then go right or here we are, or something like, I was like where, where's this come from? Okay then, and it's like what it doesn't need any of these it's, words. 
This is partridgeism, isn't it? Well, it's, it is. There's a lot yeah. of it's a it's a partridgeism. You clap the hands together and go <laughs> right, and you switch on the courtesy lights if if it doesn't put them on for you. You put it on as if you know, as if you're a taxi driver and you're going to ask your kids for a bit of cash. Uh, okay, <laughs> the meter says four. Let's just round it up to five. I'll let it. Uh, I can do the receipt if you want, mate. It's entirely up to you. Um, I used to love that Mercedes have. Or had certainly a button in the front that turned on just the rear courtesy lights. Yes, uh, I had a I had a Merc with that. It's a good Brilliant. solid Merc feature, isn't it? It's just yes. like so I don't know if the smaller ones have it, but certainly the bigger Mercs do because our CLS shooting brake had it, and it was actually yeah. quite brilliant for amusing. Yeah, our boy when he was a baby, we were on a long journey and he was getting a bit restless. We just basically flash that back on and off. Or just turn it on for a bit and then turn it off again. It amused him no end. No, it's it's a great it's a great idea. That it's and a um, good, uh, a great idea. It's a great idea. It's, but is, I wonder is it is that just something where they they kind of went well, a lot of you know a certain of our cars are used as taxis. Let's just put it in all of them, and then. Because it's a it's a proper well, it's, taxi feature, isn't it? It is. It's probably just a it's, it's a it's a type of switch which goes both ways rather than just going one way or something, isn't it? It's a, I I I'm a big fan of it. Are those little features though? They oh, it's so much better than gesture control or uh, voice voice activated but bo- bo- bollocks that you get on cars. I mean, <laughs> honestly, what you've got voice activated bollocks now? Oh, the, the LED the tonsils of and voice activated bollocks. You're a very high tech man these days. Number of times you press a button on the steering wheel for voice, and then it'll go boop boop, yes or whatever, and you'll go put on capital radio, and it'll just go. Did you want to go to Carlisle? No, I most definitely didn't. Because if I did, I would have fucking said that. <laughs> Calling Absolute. Chris Wilson. What? No. Yeah, no. Not a thing. Not a thing. It's just it's just tech slurry. It's now, tech slurry that needs to be just tipped away. On that note, a friend of ours, yeah. Tom Barnard, we both know, wrote in yeah. after last week's podcast, um, and he said that um, our, our chat about Bitter and German words. By the way, uh, a chap on Twitter whose name I'm not going to be able to find now, who is German, or at least a German speaker, said that my assertion that the car company Bitter sounds like you'd just be saying please in German. He said it doesn't work like that. The word oh. bitter is the word bitter in German, and, and bitter is pronounced, the, the please word is pronounced differently, or at least is it something. He said a German speaker would be able to tell the difference, so it doesn't work. So there's a slight intonation difference. I guess so. Clipped or something. Yeah, that's like a friend of mine whose parents are Chinese said that there's lots of words in Chinese that are they're very subtle intonation differences, completely alter the meaning. And I think she said one of them was like shoes and vagina are basically the same word, but it's different intonation. (laughs) I apologise. Any (laughs) seriously, this is something I was told a long time ago. Um, Shoes and vag, something like that. If anyone is a a, a Mandarin speaker and they this rings a bell, please get in touch. Otherwise, because I feel like I might be talking rubbish. There was something where it's like two quite common words, but with very different meanings, and it's all on the intonation. My gosh. so uh, our mate Tom wrote in. He said, back in 2000, I had a Mercedes S55 on test, and it had the first voice-activated phone system. You had to slot in your own SIM, but the car would dial numbers for you, not from the phone book. You'd have to shout out the numerals, say dial, and it would do it. It worked perfectly oh and was the cause of much amazement, unless you said the number nine. Being German, it thought you were saying no and cancelled the whole operation. Oh, no. <laughs> so you could call any number in the world as long as it had no nines in it. This would have been a big oh. issue if a kidnapper had tied your hands behind your back and you wanted to alert the police. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, of course, just, of just, course. You sound like Margaret Thatcher going, no, no, no. Um, now, this is our first ever father and son correspondence corner because... Oh. Uh, it was Tom's dad, who's our eighty-four-year-old listener that we referenced a couple of weeks ago. With the who, Tom's dad had the the, the resto mod mower, the resto mod the... mower. So I said to Tom, "Could you could we have the full story, please?" And from Mister Barnard Senior comes the news that in nineteen fifty-three, 
and he was at school. The groundsman at his school had a knackered Dennis lawnmower. And Spurs, the football team, wanted to use the school's playing field for an event because it was next door to their training ground. In exchange for this, the owner of JAP Motorcycles, which was nearby and somehow linked to Spurs, offered to service the mower. This servicing seemed to consist of bolting in a leftover Speedway bike engine. What? Its mowing debut attracted a crowd of boys. The thing started first time, which was unusual in itself. The groundsman then adjusted the throttle to his usual mowing position and watched in horror as it shot off across the field through a hedge and halfway up a tree. No way, it was that yeah. potent. Yeah. They do they do use JAP engines, a lot of the Speedway bikes, ah. yeah. And uh, Morgan three-wheelers used to use JAP engines too. Did they? Yeah, they did. Oh, yeah, I the, thought... the, 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 the pre-war ones. I think they used two different engines depending on either era or power output. I can't um, remember, and I'm sure a listener will know. Yeah. Uh, but one of them was a JAP motor. Oh, um, uh, listeners. Well, sorry, I thought you meant the like the the modern. Um, oh no, not the modern ones because they use no. a. What's the What's the name of the? They engine? use an S and S Smith and Sniff engine. They use oh. a Smith and Sniff um, two liter V twin, don't they? Yeah, um, uh, off of Harley Davidson de- derivatives. That's um, right. Yes. What is it? S and S is is, is it's S and S. Yeah, they're an aftermarket kind of Harley, a f- sort of affiliated company. I've always thought that. It, w- we we should have a logo made that looks really similar to theirs. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> that always ends well. It always ends well, and of course, there's such a crossover in product yes. between what we do and what S and S do. Yeah, yeah, our yeah. range of engines for Harley's is going really well. Amazing. Um, yeah. Or as a non-Harley rider, and you're not a Harley rider either. No. Maybe we could just get S and S to put S and S engines in other things for us. <laughs> Lawn mowers. Lawn mowers. There we go. Car. That would be absolutely. I had a bloke come up to me at the show and say, I've got the same mower as you, British Army <laughs> lawn rider. <laughs> awesome. Ba- basically high-fived him and went, and I said to him, I said, is it as lethal as mine? He went, oh, yeah, it's awful. It tries to take your feet off every time you turn. I went, yeah, yeah, like, like properly dangerous. He went, oh, yeah, it's not trustworthy. <laughs> but it's great. It looks great. Honestly, it's, it's the silliest uh, mower. It looks great, but it, you just can't trust using it. That's uh, two more from Johnny Smith's untrustworthy lawnmower later. <laughs> we should um, we should wrap this up, I suppose. And um, uh, yeah, Shaken Stevens has come in with his cylinder shutdown. Yeah, Seville. <laughs> <laughs> it's running on five. Snow is falling. Yeah, sounds like a sort of B-side quattro. Um, oh. It- <laughs> Imagine hearing that coming through the Welsh forests. <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. gosh. It's shaky in a terminal understeer. Yeah, is that... Wow, is that Hanu Mikola? No, it's shaky in his Cadillac, desperately trying to get to a pub gig. <laughs> um, Didn't so, see the black eyes signs. Yeah, terrible. Before we go, uh, three things to tell you. One, um, Johnny's got a solo YouTube channel. It's called The Late Break Show. Uh, what are you doing over Christmas? Are you still putting vids out? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna put a few um, put a few videos out. We've got a um, let me think. What? Oh, we've got. Um, just trying to think when this goes out. I think you, we. I have the exclusive on the MST Mark One, definitely not a Ford Escort um, ah. feature, which was quite special. I drove it on cut slicks around Snowdonia, and it started to snow. <laughs> so, were you sliding like shaky? I was. I was jerking like shaky as well. I was terrified, <laughs> and I managed to get it home okay. <laughs> yeah, we definitely did a left-right-left manoeuvre when we didn't want to, oh. um, but it wow. was all okay. It's all okay, guys. Good. And it's a stunning build. It's imagine what Welsh people would have done to a Ford Escort if 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 they were singer. It's kind of like that, really. <laughs> imagine if singer so, was Welsh and did Ford Escorts. Yes, uh, that's right. Yeah. That's the better way of saying it. That's yeah, a, well, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a tantalising prospect. Uh, second thing I've got to tell you is I have various books. So I, if you've got Amazon Prime and you get in quick and you're listening to this on uh, the Monday that it goes out, you might still squeak in. Uh, one of my books for Christmas for somebody else or just for yourself Uh, the latest one is called Boring Car Trivia 3 it's packed with arcane information about cars it's a good book and the third thing I've got to tell you is uh, topically 
because it's almost Christmas. Um, the song Do They Know It's Christmas, famously recorded at very short notice on one day. There are, however, two Americans on that track as it was recorded on the day. One of them is Jodie Watley, who some of you might remember as a singer, who uh, is American but was living in London at the time. The other Americans that are on that record that very few people realise are Cool and the Gang. Cool and the Gang were on Do They Know It's Christmas? Cool and the Gang are on Do They Know It's Christmas because they happened to be in the UK at the time and they were on the same label, Phonogram, as Bob Geldof. And they were in the Phonogram offices when Geldof came in in his rumbustious, sweary style to pitch that he was going to do this charity record right now and pull together all the biggest stars in pop in Britain. Really? And Cool and the Gang went, hey, we'll take part. That's amazing. I did not. I would. I, I don't. Can, does anybody hear them? Or no, they don't seem to get a solo or anything. I mean, but they they are. If you look at the artist listing, they are on there. And actually, there's an interview out there somewhere which I'll put on the Patreon in the show notes of um, people's recollections of making that. And you know, sort of famously, Bono wasn't very comfortable with the tonight. Thank God it's them instead of you because he thought it was a bit of a twatty thing yes. to say. Yes. And Geldof and Midge Yore kind of talked him round, and then he gave that incredible performance of it and, and made it one of the standout lines of the song. But apparently um, the guy from Cool and the Gang, whose name escapes me, also didn't like that line and is quoted in this piece as going, yeah, I never liked that line. I thought it was terrible. Oh, gosh. So, yeah, he was there. Status quo were, um, were in were in it as well, but you don't really hear them. I don't know if they actually sung. I think they just went there and drank yeah, brought a bag of naughtiness, apparently. Some South American pick-me-ups that apparently got things moving, <laughs> as was famously South their America. fondness at the time. No, there's another story about that, that um, they were supposed to do the... Um, I think they were going to do that sort of middle-eighty bit, the here's to you with the nerd. And um, it turns out that Midjore hadn't really checked on how good status quo were at harmonies, and they weren't very good. And Francis Rossi had to sort of take him on one side and go, look, Midge, I do most of the singing. Rick is really not a singer <laughs> in, in the studio sense of the word. And so that's why we, we, we struggle to do harmony. So someone else did it. In the oh, end. my gosh. Well, there you go. So yeah, There we go. So, so They stood at the back with Sherbet Dibdabs, didn't they? Basically, yes. And then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that, that we've started this podcast talking about Chicken Stevens. And I think he, he actually... Um, postponed releasing that christmas song because um of the this song do they know it's christmas yeah he was going to put it out in the same year the same christmas era and then thought no i'm not going to try and compete with that and it's a charity record so i'll hold it back for a year later now then a bit of housekeeping um before we go as well um if you're listening to this the day it comes out it's the 20th of december it's almost christmas or piss flaps if you prefer um (laughs) so that's that's it for us for this year um we're going to take a break next week so there'll be no show out on the 27th the following week um i'm going to put out a compilation show of some bits from our old youtube videos Oh, uh, see how that goes um, so uh, that'll be out on the 3rd of January and then uh, we'll be back after that yeah we will on the yeah, 10th still, still talking about Christmas songs obviously still talking about Christmas um, songs and still yeah, talking yeah. absolute fizzy arse water as usual <laughs> I, I, I just want to say thanks to all our um, th- thanks very much to all the comments that come through to say how much they enjoy listening and thanks to everyone who is a patron for the Smith and Stiff podcast that's really really um, helpful uh, and welcomed and uh, I hope you all have a really lovely Christmas a sweet sweet and if you're driving home for Christmas obviously you have to just get some brushes on the drums yeah. whilst you're trying to light a cigarette do make sure the, the piano middle. is very tinkly ding, 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 yes make ding, sure the person ding, in the passenger seat's got that tiny little piano ready and, <laughs> and make sure you're skidding around on very loose loose ground while you're trying to light the cig and do the Life brushes shaky. on the drums yeah 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 uh well yes thank you but uh, as johnny said thank you ever so much for listening this year we really do appreciate your support and it's um it's not always been an easy year for any of us i suppose but we do appreciate that you give us some of your time so um hopefully that will continue next year until then merry christmas everybody 
Goodbye. Merry Christmas. It's piss flaps. <laughs> I've never heard that before. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's piss flaps. Do they piss, know it's piss flaps? Do they know it's piss all? flaps? Um, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> simply having a wonderful piss flaps time. <laughs> So stupid. <laughs> All I want for piss flaps is you. Yeah, that's it. That's a <laughs> last piss flaps. I gave you my heart. <laughs> oh god. Okay. It's brilliant. Right. Let's do an opening thing. Um... He's making a list, but in his head because he hasn't got a pen, he's going to forget. <laughs> Santa, Santa Claus. Claus is very disorganised. Um, okay, <clears throat> I'm Richard Porter, and this is Smith and Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and Christmassy <laughs> things as well. And shaking Stevens, <laughs> shaking. <laughs> Where's another one? And this is Smith and Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and a little bit too much about shaking Stevens. <laughs> oh gosh! Give me Brilliant. an eye, Johnny Smith. And I'm Johnny Smith. I'm Johnny Smith. <laughs> what? Then I just did two like a newsreader. Fuck you, San Diego. Right. I'm Johnny Smith. I think it's Scott Lugwin. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.